Matthew chapter six, verse 33, this is kind of the verse we've used uh, during this series. It says this, so above all else, consistently chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. And then all these less important things will be given to you in abundance. Can we get an amen on that, in abundance? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We ask that you would lead in God and direct our hearts today. Uh, open up the word of God so we can see clearly uh, your plans for our life. In Jesus' name, amen. You ever played catch with the dog? How many? Yeah, okay. All right. Um, I'll tell you what's amazing about playing catch with a dog is that they literally never get tired, okay? I had a bunch of dogs growing up, and I would play catch with them. And, I mean, today watching somebody play catch with some dog just makes me tired watching it, okay? I mean, dogs run about 1,000 miles an hour, full blast, full speed, constantly not changing speeds. It's like in the DNA of who they are. It's like I play catch with balls. This is what God has created me to do on this earth is this guy stands there and throws this ball or woman throws this ball and I run after it and bring it back. This is why God created me, okay? It's amazing how dogs never, never stop chasing I mean, I've never had a dog go, no, I'm done. I mean, I mean I, I've literally looked at dogs, and I thought, you're going to have a heart attack right now. Like, literally, you're going to die, you know, and it just keeps going. But the question really today, and it really comes out of this verse in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, so above all, constantly chase. Constantly chase. What are you chasing after today? What is your soul, your heart chasing after in this life. This is really what this whole series is about. How's your soul? What is your soul on a daily basis? When you wake up in the morning, what does your soul go? I'm yearning, I'm craving, I'm chasing. What is it? Is it a new job? Is it a promotion? Uh, living an experience through your kids? The dream of falling in love, finding love, or that shiny new blank. I don't know what that shiny new blank is for you, but you do. But what are you chasing after? The question is, are you really chasing after God's kingdom? Or are you chasing after the kingdom of you? You know, it's like the kingdom of me. How can my life benefit from this situation? How can my life go to a new level? How can my kingdom rise? How can my soul get fuller? What kingdom are you chasing? Mark chapter 1, verse 16 through 18, it says, One day Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and he saw Simon and one of his brothers, Andrew, throwing their nets into the water, for they fished for a living. Verse 17, Jesus called out to them, Come, Follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Verse 18, they left their nets at once and followed him. I don't know if you've ever read the Bible before and thought, good for you. Have you? Good for you. Really happy for you. Really happy that whole situation worked out well for you. You know, I don't know if I could have that kind of faith. 
I don't know if I could live that kind of life. I don't know if I could live, you know, a relationship with Jesus like that. Like they dropped their nets at once. Like at once. And Jesus, all Jesus said was, hey, come follow me. He didn't say, hey, come follow me and I'm going to give you $100,000 a year and a great benefit package and a 401k and I got a new Beamer for you and, or I don't know what it would have been like the Beamer, like the Cadillac of, of camels in that day or, you know, I don't really know, you know. It's not like Jesus said any of those kind of things. Jesus just says, hey, come follow me. And instantly they drop their nets and they start following chasing after Jesus, because Jesus was on the move. You ever notice that in the New Testament, that Jesus doesn't stay anywhere long? He's constantly moving, constantly going. He has a mission inside of his soul. He's like, I'm on the earth for a reason, a purpose, a certain time, and I need to fulfill my mission. You know that you're on the earth for only a certain amount of days. You got a mission on your life. God's called you to be a part of his kingdom. You only have so much time to fulfill your mission just like Jesus, but they start chasing after Jesus. Where's the reason? Where's the logic? Where is the months of praying? Where is the, hey, I'm gonna go out to coffee with my friends and I gotta go out to coffee with my family and I need to go out to coffee with my pastor. I need to spend months and months and months praying and seeking God and finding out, is really this Jesus calling me out too? Hmm. How many times have we had a moment where we hear God speak something into our hearts? He's going, come follow me. Come chase me. Come chase my kingdom. I have more. And we go, man, I got to think about this. I got to find some reason in this. I got to find some logic in this. I got to make sure 110% that this is the perfect will of God for my life and that there's no way that I could ever get hurt in this situation. See, the older I get, the more reason, the more perfect logic I want. I want more perfect understanding. I like, it's like, I want to make sure that this cannot fail. Do you know how hard it is to stand up here in front of you and go, hey, I'm sorry, but the building I told you that we had, we don't have. Some pride killer right there. Doesn't feel good. I 110% feel like I have failed you as your pastor. It's not fun. I want perfect logic. I want perfect reason. But the reason, the reality is this. The word reason, logic, and understanding doesn't always work perfectly in the kingdom of God. Unfortunately. Reason always makes me make choices to play safe, right? You know, God asks you to do something extraordinary, but then you're like, wait, wait, I need reason, I need logic. And in that reason, in that logic, and in that overthinking, we do what? We go, man, where's the safe route? Where's the safe path? Where's the safe journey? Where's the journey that best fits my life? my plans, what I got going on. God, I need, I need that pl plan. And the reality is this, we kind of like just go, I'm going to remove faith 
right out of this whole equation. You know, when God asked us to start the church, I was reminded of this yesterday when I was talking with Abner. He goes, you know, how did you guys start your church? And I'm like, I don't know, God, you know, like God told us to come. He's like, did you guys know anybody when you came? I was like, no. He's like, did you have any money? I was like, no. He's like, did you have a building? I was like, no. He's like, did you have anything? I was like, no, we just went. It was like Jesus said, hey, come follow me. And we went. But you know what happened after we started the church? I don't know if any of you remember this. Do you remember this like commercial back in the day? Like, I don't know if it was Pampers or some kind of diaper commercial and they'd have a little kid and he'd be like, I'm a big boy now. You remember that? Okay. It's like burned, seared into my brain. Okay. It's just seared in there. Okay. And I think that after we started the church, that's how I felt. I felt like, Oh, I did my big, big faith moment in my life. Hey, I'm a big boy now. I'm a big faith boy. And we started this church, and we're moving on. But you know what happened also? I said, I don't want to walk in faith like that anymore. Because it's scary, isn't it? It's a lot of trust in God. Jesus doesn't say to them, hey, this is even where we're going. This is what we're doing. This is the course, the direction of your life. He just says, hey, come follow me. He gives them no reason, no logic, no understanding, nothing other than come follow me. And the Bible says at once they drop their nets. See, the truth is following Jesus is a faith adventure, and it requires faith. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? A faith adventure that requires faith, <laughs> you know? Like, to really follow the plans that God has for you is going to take some faith. It's going to take some moments that are uncomfortable. But the reason that we go, no, I don't want that, is because we really go, I just like the status quo. Just like the status quo. Like if I went to your house today and rearranged your whole house, you would come home and freak out. I mean, like you would have a meltdown, you know? You'd be like, what the heck? The table does not go in the living room. And I'd be like, well, maybe it does go in the living room. Okay, you know? You freak out. Why? You like the status quo. You like the coffee you drink. You like your you know, perfect order of your days. I mean, if you really, really sat down and thought about your day, you could really pinpoint and figure out how many things you do during the day to just bless you. Right? I do the same thing. I mean, me and Todd were talking about it this morning. Like, we will plan our day around where we want to eat lunch. Right, Todd? You know what I mean? Like, some days is a Raising Cane's day, you know? Some days is a Skyline day, you know? Some days is a Chipotle day, you know? I will rearrange my day to make sure I get to the place that I want to get to. Why? Because we like the status quo, and in the status quo, we like what? Self-preservation, right? Self-preservation. I know, God, that you want me to serve. Because let me make this abundantly clear. For us to go to the next level and to reach the people that God wants us to reach, I need everybody to serve. 
okay? I don't care if you don't like serving. I really don't. Talk to God about it. I didn't make it up. He did. But I need you. Kingdom of God needs you. If we're going to fulfill all that God's called us to do, we need you. You know? Like, we need people that go, yeah, I want to build community. You saw that promo today for that new series we're doing the table. Man, we got a huge announcement coming about the course and the direction of the church. We need people that go, you know what? I love building community. I love building friendship. I love building relationships. I love taking people that are on the outside and making them feel like they're in the inside and making them feel like they're a part of the club. I love community. You know? We need people that will be bold in their faith. When they show up to church, they just don't come in and go, what do I need, God? But they go, is there somebody here that has something from me that they need? It's not just about me. We need people that go, you know what? Yeah, I'll tithe. Again, I didn't make this up. If you're mad at me about talking about tithing, then talk to God about it. I didn't make it up. But I do know this. To build a new building or have a new building or to have great people like Matt and Levi or to have awesome kids people like Casey and Haley or to do what we're called to do, it takes money. I'm sorry. The kingdom of God isn't free to reach the surges of people that God's calling us to reach. We need finances and we need people that will be obedient in their finances. Can I get an Amen. But we go, no, I like the status quo. Verse 18, they left their nets at once and followed him. Went to Cabela's this morning. I felt like a man. I mean it. I mean, you walk into Cabela's, you're like, oh, man, net. I need a fishing net. I'm literally going to try this, okay? I, I, I promise you. Okay, I'm like, well, it's in the Bible, God. They caught fish with nets. I'm going to, too. I'm going to go to the Cincinnati River. I might die, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch a fish, okay? Cincinnati River, okay? Is that what it's called? Ohio River. It's the Cincinnati River to me, you know? I see Cincinnati and I see a river. I put the two together. That's how I do it, okay? Love it. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. What net are you holding on to right now? What net? What is God calling you to? You're going, no, I like my net. You know, they could have easily said, hey, Jesus, hey, thanks, but no thanks. I like my boat. I like my net. I like my income. I like my family. I like my friends. I like my life just as it is, Jesus. Sorry. Not interested. But Jesus is standing there looking at them going, hey, come follow me. What is Jesus really saying to them? He's saying this. I believe in you. Fishermen, outcasts, right? I mean, 
these boys are fishing because they haven't been picked to be a part of the religious system and intern underneath one of the religious leaders of the day. So because they haven't been picked and because they are rejects, they are now fishing with their families because this is now their lot in life, right? This is what the disciples are having to do with their life. And Jesus is looking at them going, I believe in you. The same way that Jesus said that to me, the same way that I said that to Matt or to Levi, man, if you would have known Matt and Levi back in the day, you'd have been like, no way they're going to be our kids' youth pastor someday. No way. But you know what God did? God looked beyond the moment to see the future, and he goes, no, I see the greatness in Matt. I see the greatness in Levi, and I'm going to pull it out of them, and I'm going to show them that I believe in them the same way he believes in you. He believes in you. He believes in the gifts and the calls and the destiny upon your life. And he's going, I need more. I need more. But what net are you holding on to today? Mark chapter 1, verse 19. The story goes on. A little farther up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in their boats. Repelling, repairing their nets, verse 20. He called out to them at once, and he says this. Also, come follow, come follow me. Leaving their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired men, they jump out of the boat. They jump out. They just jump out. Oh, it's Jesus? Cool. <laughs> you know? that this boat is my future? Who cares about these nets? Who cares about everything I've built my life on? Who cares? I'm, this Jesus. It's Jesus. I'm jumping. Right? They don't care. Point number one is this. Take down notes. Point number one is this. They jumped out of the boat. No self-preservation. They didn't care how they looked. Can we, like, stop caring about how we look to other people? Like, can we? Can we stop caring about what other people think about us all the time? Because I'm pretty sure that when we stand before Jesus someday, none of those people are going to be there. None of those people on social media. None of those people at your job. None of those people that you are so fearful about are going to be there. None of them. You know who's going to be there? You and Jesus. It's the only people that are going to be there. But yet, other people and the thoughts that we have about other people and what they think about us cause us to live safe all the time. All the time. All the time. They didn't care. Point number two, they jumped at Jesus' opportunity. Jesus comes. He says, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to show you there's more. I'm going to show you I want to use your life for more. Let me read you the story. It comes out of the New York Times. It says this. Former blockbuster workers all over the world must cringe every time they hear the words online streaming or on demand. 
That's because back in 2000, Reed Hastings approached former Blockbuster CEO John Anock and asked him for $50 million to give away the company he founded named Netflix. Anock, thinking it was a very small niche business, ended up negotiating, but then pulling out, not buying Netflix. At the time, was a DVD uh, DVD mail serving operation. Now Netflix, just short of being worth the same amount as CBS last year, soared past the television television network with a thirty two point nine billion. Thirty two point nine billion market value share. What are you going to do when Jesus gives an opportunity? You're going to let it pass by? I'm pretty confident that Jesus said, hey, come follow me. And he didn't stop. You ever think about that? Remember the first time he said, come follow me? He said, hey, come follow me. Right? You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Jesus. It wasn't like, hey, guys, please, please, I beg of you. Come follow me. You know what I told Matt and Levi when we started at church? I said, this is, this is what you get. Um, you get to come. You get to work a normal job. Um, and then on top of that, you get to work a free job called the church. <laughs> and I have this really great benefit for you. You get to live in my dirty basement, in a, like a corner of my basement. And on top of that, guys... I give you no guarantees of whenever you'll ever get paid. Come on, guys. Let's go. You guys remember those first, those first weeks? See, none of you know what this was like when it was in my living room. And we're all looking at each other like, like what are we going to do? Have we thrown away our lives? I mean, how many times do we think that? How many times do we have conversations like that? But every time the conversation would end us going, no, we're going to do what Jesus has called us to do. We're going to trust him. He's faithful. He never fails. He will see us through. We don't care how we feel. We're going to keep going, right? That's all we did. No special potion or, or magic way of doing something. We just said, no, we're just going to trust God. We're just going to trust his voice. He said, come follow. So we're going to come follow. We're going to come trust you. God and the God of the universe is going, hey, I have more for you. I have so much more. I want to use your life in extraordinary ways. Devin, your family is not here by chance. Don't you think that for a second. You and Kevin 
are here because God wants you to come alive, that there is so much more that he wants to do in your guys' family. He wants to utilize your life right here. People's lives will be changed because of Devin and Kevin. I just love that it rhymes too, Devin and Kevin. It It just really makes me so happy. God's going, I have more. I have more for your life. You know, I am so thankful for people who loved me back in the day in the nursery. I saw this picture the other day of this lady rocking me in the nursery of our church. Glad Tidings. That was the name of my church, Glad Tidings. We had blue everything. I mean, blue and purple everything. You would have thought it was the kingdom of God when you walked in. <laughs> Promise you. I saw this lady, I don't even know her name. She's in this nursery rocking me. She had no idea what she was doing. Just serving Jesus. Rocking another baby. She had no idea. I don't even know to this day that she has, maybe she, I don't even know if she's alive. She has no idea that I am who I am today. She was just faithful. Yeah, God, I'll rock babies. I'll take care of him. I'm so thankful for people who served in youth ministries that loved me when I was an idiot. I mean, just the dumbest person in the world. And they loved me with grace and the love of Jesus. I'm so thankful for people who parked cars and serve donuts at my church. I'm so thankful for people who gave financially. So why? So I could find Jesus. So I could. And because I have, you and your families are finding Jesus. And that's the whole kingdom. The kingdom is about us going, God, it's not about me. It's all about you, and it's all about me giving my life to you. It's not about my self-preservation. It's not about what I like. It's not about what I like to do. God, it's about what you want to do and how you want to use my life. You pour my life out like a glass of water wherever you want, God. God, what do you want to do? I'm putty. I'm clay in your hands, God. Point number three, last point, worship team, come up. They didn't forfeit their opportunity. They didn't forfeit their opportunity. Acts chapter 1, verse 18 through 21, it says this. Judas, how many of you remember Judas, one of Jesus' disciples, one of his boys? Judas had bought a field with the money he received from the treasury. He earned the wages of his sin, for he, had, he fell headfirst. His belly split open, splitting out his intestines on the ground. This is talking about what happened after he betrayed Jesus. Verse 19, everyone in Jerusalem knows what happened to him, for that is why the field is called a bloody field. Verse 20, for it is written in Psalms, let his house be deserted and become a wasteland. No one will live there. And then it says this, let another take his ministry. Let another take his ministry. 
Verse 21, so then the disciples say this, we must choose a replacement among those who have been with us from the very beginning. What was Judas' problem? He couldn't really drop the net. Right? Jesus said, hey, come follow me. And Judas said, okay, I'll follow you, but I'm gonna hold on to my net. I'm still gonna hold on to me. Remember, are you building God's kingdom or are you building your kingdom? Whose kingdom are you building? Judas said, I, I can't let go. I can't let go. I can't let go. And Jesus was going, Judas, I got so much more for you. I think it's like the saddest verse in the whole entire Bible. So then we must choose a replacement. God was saying, he was saying, listen, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's going to go on. And it's going to go on with or without you. So God goes, hey, the train's moving, jump on. We're moving. We're going. And that's what God is saying today. God's going, listen, I know it sounds like the sky is falling when I come to you and go, hey, sorry, we had a building, and then we don't have a building, we had another building, and now we don't have another building, now we have nothing. But God's going, no, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. I will build my church, and the gates of hell, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will build my church, and the gates of hell, nothing will prevail what I'm going to do in the earth. So Judas, I'm sorry, but you know what? We're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. And God's going, I don't wanna move on without you. Come on. I wanna take you on this journey with me. I wanna take you on this ride with me. I wanna take you on this adventure with me. Amen? Surges of people are coming. They need you. They need you. They need the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. Girls, you have no idea how important this time is. You know, I just talked to Matt and Levi this week. We're starting a youth group in June. We're have the first ever Elevate Church youth service in June. Do you know how important you guys are? Someday, someday, when like there are like just bazillions of kids just there's just gonna be tons you know where it's all gonna start right here right here this little girls bible study right it's all gonna start from meal and jesus is going come on come follow me i'll show you things you could have never imagined Listen, I know your friends don't think it's cool. I know your moms and dads don't think it's cool. But who cares? Who cares? Jesus is passionate about you. These schools, Lakota schools, Lebanon schools, Mason schools, they're never going to be the same because we're going to start a youth group. Jesus is going, come follow me. Come follow me. 
going to do it together. We're going to reach into the pillar of hell and we're going to draw them out. And we're going to show them life in Jesus. It's the same thing with all of us. Jesus is going, come on. Westchester, Mason, Lebanon, Cincinnati. Come on, guys. Come on. Let's go draw people out of sin. Let's go draw people out of confusion. Let's go draw people out of doubt. Let's go get them. Let's go get them. Let's show them there's more. Let's show them there's more. Amen? What you saying this morning? Come on. Let's worship the Lord. Praise Jesus.